Just a quick reminder that you're listening to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. This show is officially sponsored by Grind Fitness and Sportswear Clothing. This active and healthy lifestyle company hails from Weymouth and Stu I. Check out their website, which is www.grindlimited, which is L-T-D, uk.com. That's www.grindlimitedukcom I've recently been given some of their products to test out and it's all been absolutely fantastic and very, very comfortable to wear. The base layer doesn't cling to you and you can really feel the quality of the clothing. Get involved and start your own grind today. If you have any questions regarding any of their products, please feel free to drop me a message on my Instagram page, which is Absolute Bedlam Podcast, or drop Clayton, the CEO, a message on Instagram. His uh, Instagram page even is called Grind, which is G-R-N-D. We will be very happy to help you with any inquiries that you have on your way to start your own fitness adventure. Thanks again to Grind for allowing me to promote your products. Right then, back to it. Just to let you know that Grind are currently doing a 25% off everything on their store with my affiliate code, which is Bedlam2021. So that's B-E-D-L-A-M for mother, 2021, which is the year that we live in. Bedlam 2021 at checkout for 25% off all products grind. Back to the episode. Good evening and welcome to a video version of Absolute Bedlam podcast. So I have Michael Jacobs with me this evening. Hello, Michael. How's it going? All right, Ben. How are you? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Yeah. Trying this video world out. So that's uh, <laughs> let's try this YouTube stuff. So um, just a quick introduction on you, and then I'm going to ask you the first question. Yeah. I'll let you do this because you've got quite a lot going on in your life. <laughs> well okay, is, is that is that my cue to start then is it yeah so i just like your sort of your profession and what you well, enjoy in life and stuff oh well okay um well okay i i am a uh, continuous improvement uh um consultant and yep. uh that's something I got into um, when I lived in Japan. Uh, I lived there for 17 years from uh, 1996 to 2012. Um, prior to that, I was, uh, I, was in, I was in psychology and uh, I, was about ready, just, I was about ready to go into a PhD program. And I thought, well, I'll just take a year off and figure out if I really wanna do this. And uh, so I decided to go to Japan and um, one year turned to two, and two years turned to three. And around the third year, I got into CI, and um, three years then quickly went to seventeen. Um, but I think one of the reasons why I I stayed, or one of the things, one of the reasons why I didn't go back, is because I think when I when I kind of fell into CI, um, I realized, you know, wow, this is this is this is something really great because um, so often in psychology, we were, we were dealing with people who, you know, their nine to five was killing them. And then they'd come to you to kind of, you know, help them. And I, and I, I really saw CI as kind of a, we're really kind of helping people uh, take control of their work context so they can respond more effectively and kind of take ownership of that process. And uh, so that was a really powerful thing for me. And yeah. so that's, that's how I got into that. And um, I came to the UK in 2012. And, um, and then eventually I, I ended up uh, returning back to that field. And uh, that's what I'm in now. And uh, just getting ready to start another job. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that in a bit because that was a bit of a surprising message that you sent me. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. There's not so, much I can say about it at this moment, yeah, I don't yeah. think. No, that's fine. I don't like talking about my job either, so it's all good. <laughs> um, so how has COVID been for you? How have you found it? Is it something that you've had to deal with before, or um, is this a new thing for you? 
Well, you know, I, I, um, I was in Japan when we had uh, SARS. Yeah. And uh, SARS kind of fell out of the sky and no one really knew what was going on. Uh, I wonder if we didn't have, uh, if we'd had a few cases, we didn't have many. Yeah. Um, but watching that happen and being on edge and kind of seeing that unfold, um, you know, it, when I saw this one come around, um, and I, I had been watching um, uh, coronaviruses for a number of years since then. It was like in every, every time one would crop up, we'd just get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. You kind of knew one was going to come eventually. Yeah. Um, but, but throughout it, I've been incredibly lucky. Um, I haven't touched wood. I haven't, I haven't contracted it. I haven't known a few people who contract it. They've all gotten better. Um, yeah. uh, I've known a few people who knew some people who didn't get better. Um, and I know some people who have, who have struggled professionally because of it. Yeah. Um, and, but I've, I've been incredibly fortunate, um, uh, because of technology and the field I'm in, I've been able to do a lot of my work online. Yeah. And uh, I've actually been able to kind of something I got into in uh, CI um, was something called kata coaching, which we'll yeah. talk about about a bit later. Yeah. Um, because of COVID, strangely, the world has become more accessible in some ways. Yeah. And so you know, I've 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 been able to coach in Denmark. I've been able to coach in Berlin. I've been able to coach in in places that really really wouldn't be open to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. If it wasn't for COVID. So um, I'm not saying that I've enjoyed it, uh, yeah. but at the same time, it's been, there's been a lot of opportunities there. It's yeah. It's, it's accelerated a lot of things subconsciously, I think, mm. Um, mm. allowing people to work from home and giving people their empowerment back and trusting people to get the job done, even if they're unable to get to their office. And um mm yeah like from a ci perspective obviously you're all about being as efficient as possible and as productive as possible so i imagine this is kind of something that you wanted to test prior to a global pandemic and millions of people dying <laughs> well it's, it's an interesting thing because i talked to friends who were in consultant who are consultants and yeah you know and, and, and it's, it's not to um detract from all the suffering that's, that's happened yeah um, but at, at, at the same time, um, you know, consultants are now working from home. They recognize that it, it, it's, it, I don't have to be on site all the time. Yeah. And, and so that's really, that's really, you know, and when we think about how we want to be carbon neutral, uh, yeah. we want to lessen our impact. Um, yeah. You know, I, I had friends in the field who were you know, flying two, three times a month and, and, and now they're not. And yeah. you know, that's great. Um, yeah, just, it's a pity that it took something like COVID to get us there, though. Mm. Unfortunately, yeah, I but you. I think that's something about humans. Okay. <laughs> do you enjoy working from home, or do you find that it blurs the line? It's uh, a good question. Um, it's an interesting thing because uh, I don't mind it. Yeah. If I'm really honest. I don't mind it. Um, there are certain things that I like. It depends on the process type. Yeah. Um, and it depends on if I would think if I was in manufacturing, I'd want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got that. But more often than not, recently I've been working in service processes, and um, I can do just as much with the service process. Yeah. Like then, I think one of the one of the things that might be a little difficult is the actual training teaching yeah. people um, how to get better control of their process. But apart from that, that's, yeah. Yeah. So there's good, good bits and bad bits. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So Toyota Kata, <laughs> what's that all about then to the average Joe? What does that mean? Well, okay. Um, so there's a, there's a researcher from the University of Ann, uh, Michigan, which is in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yeah. Uh, uh, his name's Mike Rother, and he's the student of Jeffrey Liker, who is also a professor uh, at the University of Michigan. Uh, and Jeffrey Liker wrote the Toyota Way, and that yeah. was the big game changer for for everybody. That was, you know, that's everyone was, oh my goodness, this is this is it. Yeah. And um, Rother kind of went back and revisited the Toyota Way, and he realized there's something else that's 
is going on here that we haven't caught. And what Rother is trying to capture was the how the managers and the leaders coach uh, their the people they lead in scientific thinking. And so yeah. Kata, Toyota Kata coaching is just the pattern of PDCA. And it's, it's using uh, open questions, um, a, a structured you know, methodology with these open questions. And it's getting people to think about you know, what they're actually doing and also kind of challenging people's um, cognitive biases, but in a very open, non-judgmental way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so what's, what's really interesting is that when Mike Rother kind of stumbled across that, he realized like, oh my goodness, these tools are solutions that have come out of the Toyota Kata. Yeah. And so we have like the iceberg that everyone always talks about that iceberg. And so you, know, you have all the lean tools and the, the thinking it's, it, this is the stuff underneath the water. This is where the Kata is. Yeah. And, and this has been such a big um, discovery. It, actually, we, uh, Jeffrey Liker just came out with another uh, edition, the second edition of the Toyota Way. Yeah. And he's put that in this, like, it's, it's in the, it's in the first chapter. So it's, it's, it's kind of a, been recognized that, you know, oops, this stuff, you know, we missed this the first the first time around, yep. and it's really it's amazing uh, about how how it is because you're really just trying to, trying to coach scientific thinking, you're trying to coach people to come up with their own solutions scientifically. Yeah, and uh, yep. there's a great little bakery, and I I went to university near Ann Arbor, Michigan, and um, now in the '90s, back back in the '90s when I was <laughs> when I was a university student is very difficult to get good quality bread but there is this bakery called zingerman's and um mike rother's been using that as a place to experiment with his toyota kata yeah and if you go online on youtube you can watch the zingerman's uh kata videos they're great and, and they, they they're open they talk about hey um how how we just we were doing lean and we weren't getting the results we wanted we couldn't get people to buy into it yeah and uh, we went into this kata world oh goodness yeah and everybody bought into it and you had these people who are just you know working the working the line doing the delivery and they're saying like oh yeah the, here's the solution i came up with and i was able to shave off this many seconds or i was able to improve quality to this this much and you know, it's a really, what's a really interesting is about building that dialogue to kind of encourage that that learning and that development. Yeah. And I remember seeing uh, there's a there's a uh, a kata coach who works quite closely with Mike Rother, named Beth Carrington, and she was at the kata conference in Berlin this year, and she was talking about two case studies where, and this is at a pharmaceutical company, where you know this this black belt. Uh, Six Sigma Black Belt had a had a target to get. They went into the factory, they got their target, and then there was a second line that that Black Belt then went in and did kata. And so what 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 they found was that after they did the Black Belt, they got their target, their improvement of of twenty percent or whatever it was. Yeah. And the, the but what they found with the kata team is that not only did they get their improvement, but they got their improvement continuously because they're doing it every day. And so three, four, five years down the line, that Six Sigma project is still in place. Mm -hmm. That other line that was taught Kata is just kicking everyone else's tail because they're changing a little bit every day. They're improving a little bit every day. And that's a big, big difference. Uh, and um, one of the one of the one of the cool things about kata though is 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 kind of how it, it kind of openly or kind of quietly challenges um, system one and system two thinking yeah. bias. Now, if you, if you don't know what system one and system two thinking is, um, you know it, it's basically your system one. Your brain's divided into two systems. This is from Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow. And your system one is kind of your everyday quick decisions, your rules of thumb. Yeah. You, know, you see a car, you get out of the way. Yeah. But your system two is your deeper analytical thinking. Okay. Yeah. And, and so what happens though, is your system two takes a lot of energy mm. and what it often does is it just checks system one's homework. Mm. So people will make these co- cognitive jumps and then system two just goes, yeah, whatever. That's fine. Okay. 
So you get a head of a department who says, all we need to do is copy best practice. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you mean? What, mm-hmm. what problem are you trying to solve? Yeah. They've already jumped into that kind of system, system one error where they think, well, we'll just copy this. It's like, well, hold on now. What problem do you actually want to solve? Yeah, just on yeah. that, I think the name of the guy I'm trying to talk about is Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he always starts conversations with, it starts with why. Yes, yeah, you have absolutely. to reverse engineer what that means for the company. He was yeah. at Microsoft Summit. I watched a video earlier. Um, yeah. And he just, uh, I really like speakers that can just talk flat. Like they don't say ah uh, or um or hmm. He's just like, well, why is that even happening in the first place? Mm. And like mm. everyone in the crowd's like, oh my God, I didn't think of it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Simon, Simon's, yeah. Simon's an interesting guy. Um, yeah, yeah, he's very, great. very good, very good speaker. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. So Six Sigma has always been in your blood, by the sounds of it, or Kata. Um, <gasps> sort of, how did you discover it? Like, what was your oh, sort of? Goodness. You said you fell into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. So it's an interesting thing with the Six Sigma thing. Um, so, I, so like I said, I started off in psychology. And so I was always, um, we do a lot of multiple variant analysis in the social sciences. And um, so when I first started to hear about Six Sigma um, with Jack Welch, I was like, ooh, multiple variant analysis. That's interesting. Yeah. And um, yeah, so... Um, so I'd always, I'd always wanted to, to, to go after that. And, and, and initially, you know, I, I did, but I, uh, my, one of my early mentors told me, he said, uh, you know, Michael, you, you, can, you can do multivariate analysis all day long and you could do, you know, whatever, and you could find anything. But if the logic isn't there, mm. you're measuring the wrong stuff. Yeah, okay. And, and and that's kind of what I found with with um, there's a great book called by um, Art Smalley called Four Types of Problems, and Art Smalley actually echo, echoes that is that yeah you know, the majority of your stuff's going to be logic based yeah and and there's multivariate stuff which is really it's great when you do it but it's just not that common yeah and that I, that's one thing I found that when I'm when I'm working with leaders is that you know, they'll say, oh, we need to copy this. Yeah. That's yeah. a logic, that's a logic error. So how do you, mm-hmm. how do you work? You, you can tell them uh, you're, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And even Deming will say things like, what was it? Was it? He said, you know, the, the, the copying without understanding is the road to disaster. Yeah. Uh, and so how do you counteract that? And yeah. I think that's, that's, that's one of the things that Kata has been really helpful for me. Yeah. Is that you can, you can ask leaders those, those, those kind of questions and, mm. and, and you can do it in a way that, that, that doesn't really threaten them. Yeah. Okay. And that, that's the key because you're not, you're not there to, to kind yeah. of put people under pressure and put them in the spotlight. Yeah. We're all here to learn. And that's one of the cool things about the Kata community is that we're all just beginners. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, yeah I get it. Yeah. yeah. It's not there to expose, it's there to yeah. Every exposure, every exposure and failure is an opportunity to succeed. And all of those motivational things that you hear on YouTube, and you can change your life if you drink more water and all that stuff, Uh, you know. But yeah, I guess what what Kata showed me is is that no matter how skilled you are at PDCA, yeah, only a matter of seconds before your brain can wobble Mm. and go into some kind of bias. Yeah, and the brain isn't going to tell you it, when it's going to do that. Mm. It's going to do it quietly and without without your knowledge. Yeah, kind of, Kata kind of sets the stage for that for that safe challenge. Yeah, uh, and yeah. again, that, that's that's uh, um, you know, that's, I'm, the thing is that I'm just a learner with this as well. Yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, for years, yeah. I thought I was doing it, but I've, I've recently, I've, through COVID giving me some extra training opportunities with people I normally wouldn't have exposure to 
I've yeah. realized like, oh, I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there a comparison to Kata in terms of Demaic, or is that very much an inclusive framework? Oh, okay. So that's a good question. Um, I think, I guess if we looked at Demaics, yeah, that's a tough one. I think if we look at A3 thinking, yeah. right? If you look at A3 thinking, like box one, trying to understanding what your problem is, that is in itself is a yeah. cycle. Trying to understand what exactly is the situation, what exactly what is your current what is your current situation? Your target state is about find, trying to figure that out. That is a kata cycle in itself. That is a learner kata. Yeah, and 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 so there there is kata appears throughout a threes. Um, I work with Demaic currently, and I would have to say that a lot of what I do with understanding define, yeah, is 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 a kata cycle, yeah. Because quite often uh, organizations don't necessarily know what their mm. problem is. Mm. They might think they know it is, but helping them understand where they currently are, yeah, uh, and understanding where they want to be is the, that the problem is is that that is that gap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah. there are there are there's a kata cycle in, in everything, any, and it's iterative until you finally understand where that is. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. For um, people that are listening and watching that don't know, Demaic is define, measure, analyze, improve, and control. Yeah. Um, and that's basically a life cycle of a problem statement or a project. Yeah. Um, control is very much after the fact, isn't it? And you have to keep the heat on the. Uh, problem before it fizzles out and everyone moves on to the next thing i suppose because that happens in the real world doesn't it yeah <laughs> people it go right next project and you're still uh, mopping up the disaster of the last one for example i, um, I, th I think yeah. one of the one of the interesting things about kata for me over the last year is seeing how it's been used in really dynamic environments like uh, the nhs yeah uh, and and the kind of the psychological safety that comes around uh, the kata mm -hmm. and that, that whole desire to really build up the, the, the relationship between the, the coachy and the, and the, um, the coach. Uh, yeah. That's really has given a lot of open space for real critical thought. Yeah. And uh, I think that that's been the really cool thing about it has mm -hmm. been able to see how that's really encouraged people to, to really work together to try to build the best environment for problem solving. Yeah, I I love problem solving. That's why I had Justine Morehouse, and now I've obviously got you on. And I love just throwing an idea. Yeah, I love just throwing an idea of mm. currently we're losing this much money a month, or currently we've got forty six thousand pounds worth of stock sat in room forty, whatever, blah blah blah. Um, what are we going to do about it? And you get people from different areas. Yeah. say what they think and obviously no question is a stupid question and no answer is a stupid answer sure. but yeah. i just love those sort of war room attitudes of like we are all here is it an obeyer room is that what it's called yeah 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 just yeah. getting in one room and discussing one issue and oh sorry i've got a quick meeting no you stay here and you <laughs> it's very like regimented very disciplined hey. It's incredible, though. I mean, you know, yeah. I uh, working in, in this COVID environment or the virtual environment. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get people just looking at a digital board and they're sitting in, you know, 30, 40 different, you know, there's this, they're sitting all over different places in the country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're all, but they're all looking at the same thing and they go, wow, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we'll get off. Um kata slash six sigma in a moment and i'll ask you some stupid questions well i do challenge that myself as well. yeah I, um, <laughs> the last question i had for you which i had written down which is what yeah. are your favorite techniques what are the ones that really stood out to you and made your head explode the first time you used them and thought actually this works this is gonna no oh, that's a good question um, that is a good question. 
I think it's it's yeah. an it, it's an interesting thing is um what 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 really gets me started is when we start to look at purpose. Yeah. What is the purpose of the system? Mm. And this is you know that's a really simple thing. I think when when I first started out, I was always amazed at what multiple variant analysis would show me. And I was always amazed at what the statistical tests would show me because oh here it is. But um, it's quite going back to Simon Sinek. Yeah. yeah. It's like, why does the customer use this? Yeah. And then then you ask the business why what's the purpose of this, and you start to see there's a misalignment of purpose. Yes. And what you end up with, you find out the art. So just that, that simple question yes. is you're able to eventually, if you can work the problem, you'll be able to show that like the organization is actually measuring a de facto purpose. Yeah. They're measuring SLAs or KPIs that mm -hmm. the customer doesn't even really care about. Yeah. Yet they're trying to, to deliver their service that way. Yeah. So um, using that, like, uh, you know, what's that purpose? And then yeah. being able to show people that like we're measuring a de facto purpose, yeah, is always that. That's always been something that really blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, it's such a simple thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think mine throughout using it. Mm. One day I'll do my green belt. I promise. Um, I won't let you down, Michael. Um, <laughs> is just seeing it in action. So that goes to Gemba, which is the mm. real place. Yeah. So that involves like floor walking and actually seeing the change in motion. Yeah. And I like the real world because you can create these mental visio flowcharts yeah. and these crazy swim lanes all you want. But if it doesn't actually work in the real world or people don't have time to actually mm. implement the change, then it's kind of all just for visio's sake, really. It's funny is that there's a kata coach that um, I was talking to. And so he was, you know, kata happened at the Gemba. You know, it's, it's a finding out um, where, you know, you have this data on your content board, but sometimes you go to the Gemba because you find out the facts. Yeah. And that's where things get transferred into data. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's so, it's so easy to just sit in your little, you know, like, oh, I've got the data. It's like, yeah, you yep. probably, want, probably want to get the facts as well. Definitely. <laughs> it's such go. a powerful thing. Really simple too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep it simple, stupid, and all that. Kiss. Oh yeah. We love it. Right. So silly question time. All right. So you had a, quite an interesting story for me last time we spoke about your encounter with Chris Cornell. And I thought that was quite funny. Can we uh, <laughs> can we start with that? <laughs> <laughs> right okay so that was back in 1992 yeah um uh you want to tell the viewers who chris cornell is chris cornell is the singer of audio slave soundgarden um solo projects mm. uh yeah. temple he, of the he, dog yeah yeah he was uh was he he was um was it andrew Mother Lovebone, who was the singer of Andrew, uh, Andrew Woodland? What was the band called? Mother Lovebone. Mother Lovebone, let's have a look. Uh, when you got a fax right here on Absolutely Bad Limb, otherwise we'll get sued. <laughs> Mother Lovebone, rock band. Yeah. Mother Lovebone, Andrew Woods. Andrew Woods, yeah. So he was uh, he was housemates with Andrew Woods. They're kind enough. of keep in the Seattle music scene. But in, anyway, uh, the, I wasn't nearly as cool as that. I was just at La Palooza in 1992 uh, yeah. in Cleveland, Ohio, and they had a massive rainstorm uh, about I want to say 11 o'clock, and it just turned the whole. Uh, um, the whole place into just a big mudslide. So there's this big, massive mudslide, yeah. and uh, I, you know, it was it was the '90s. I was I was a young man at the time, and uh, I may or may not have been sober when I decided it was a good idea to go down this massive hill on a mudslide. Yeah. But there, and this guy picked me up, and uh, it, it it was him. He was just like, hey, man, it was a great slide. And so it was just like, it just took me a second. Like, wow, 
Yeah, as uh, Eddie Vedder was standing next to him. <laughs> it's just nice to Yeah, but the, the thing is, is they weren't they weren't huge, huge at that time. That was yeah. just starting to take off. So and every it was grunge, so you know, everyone kind of looked a bit grubby. And so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know that they they kind of just fit it in. <laughs> I just I, I don't even know how that happened, but I love it. Mm. I just I just love that story because I think the oh. last time I spoke to you, I don't even know how that came up into conversation, but I'm so oh. glad it did. <laughs> you were talking to, you were talking about Soundgarden, you're a fan of Soundgarden. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, it was it was a funny it was a funny yeah day. I think that was like his birthday maybe and I think I told you that I was on a complete oh. binge with them and I was obsessed yeah. listening yeah. to them at work consistently because I just got Spotify and I knew nothing could stop me at that point it <laughs> <laughs> no, was it was it was a good day I mean yeah, man. uh it was a really good day um and uh yeah, I mean, yeah, Brilliant. yeah. Just, just really, Chili Peppers closed the show up. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were nice. actually they were good, good, but they weren't they weren't as good as um, a yeah. Ministry. Well, was one of the bands that was playing for them that year. Yeah, and uh, Ministry had a great set. I, mean, yeah. I wasn't even I wasn't that much of a Ministry fan until I, I saw them live. And, oh, what a great yeah. Show. So um, whilst we're on music, yeah. What is the best gig you've ever been to? And who is your favorite artist of all time? Ooh, that's Drop a difficult question. That's going to check because that changes. Yeah, fair enough. Um, over the years. That's cool. Um, that, okay, maybe the best... Um, the, the best, the funniest gig. <laughs> the funniest gig is tied to the best gig. So there's this band um, from Swindon, actually. Okay. Uh, there's a guy called uh, Jack Dangers. And he was in a band called Meat Beat Manifesto. And uh, in, the, in 1991, Nine Inch Nails opened for them. Nice. <laughs> and uh, I, I, helped, I helped Jack load his, uh, his recording gear into his Winnebago. Um, but... Um, Years later, in like 1999, uh, Meat Beat came to Tokyo, and uh, it was a phenomenal show. Mm. It went on for six hours, and I had to go to work the next day. Yeah, um, on about uh, an hour and a half of sleep. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's stuff you do in your twenties. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, that was a great show. Um, favorite artist? Mm, that's a difficult one. I would have to say, really consistently, my favorite artist is probably David Byrne. Okay. Yeah, who's uh, for the Talking Heads. Yeah. Um, but you know, I could go off the boil with him. Yeah, for yeah, a while. yeah. He disappears. He comes back. Yeah. Um, I also really like, yeah, yeah, David Byrne. Really, really good stuff. Um, yeah. How about you? I think that's one of the hardest questions I ask really in these interviews. <laughs> because it is so subjective isn't it and there's yeah. so much influence in the world of like if you like this band you'll probably like this band and yeah. your friends tell you to listen to these bands and this music and this music video you know remember them yeah. um my favorite okay. artist is in me uh, yeah planning to get some of them on at some point in the future on here um but i don't really listen to them that much yeah and I think that's sometimes the problem is you put these bands on pedestals and you're always discovering new bands at the bottom. Mm. Um, I really like Nirvana. I uh, really, really like Soundgarden, but not necessarily for the reasons that people, like when they first came out, they were crazy. Like their time signatures were all over the place. And they were very like unconventional grunge. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like Nine Inch Nails at the moment. Um but I wouldn't necessarily pay an arm and a leg to see them live. I just yeah. like them as they are. When, when they opened yeah. in 90, when they opened for uh, Jack Dangers in 91, uh, I think I paid the equivalent of £3.50. Brilliant. There we go. <laughs> wow. It was like five bucks or something crazy. Like Amazing. That. 
And, and um, this is uh, like after the show, we got backstage because yeah, there was like you know, we're, we're lucky to have a hundred people there. Yeah. Um, and uh, like post dinner for them, they're all vegetarian um, in Jack's band, so they just had like just just this just this table of Subway subs. Brilliant. Because <laughs> that was all you could get in Ohio at that yeah. time. My um, favorite artist of all time instrumental wise because i'm really into my instrumental music is joe satriani yeah yeah Um, yeah. i really like paul gilbert as well i may have emailed him a couple of weeks back but i haven't had anything back because why would i (laughs) um never know that's it yeah um i really like a guitarist as well called buckethead he used to be in guns and roses for a bit and he's done consistently he's done like four albums a year ever since that sort of peak that he hit but he was doing stuff ages ago from very mm. very long time ago he was in a band called the Delhi creeps which was actually mm-hmm. like a full-on band where it had a singer yeah, um, yeah very sort of bootsy collins kind of like just completely left field like psychedelic whatever bootsy. sort of thing uh, yeah am i right in thinking that's your cat's name yeah, it is actually. Yeah, we yeah. named it after Bootsy Collins. Uh, there we go. So, you, you, so Nine Inch Nails are from Ohio. Um, yeah. I'm from Ohio. Uh, Bootsy Collins is from Ohio. Yeah. Um, yeah. As uh, yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's, uh, it's well actually no, Trent Reznor isn't from Ohio. He's from Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. Went, to, went to school uh, in uh, Cleveland. Yeah. And uh, but yeah. Um, Love it. Um, what's the next one? Am I right in thinking that you're into video games in any capacity? <laughs> well, not as much as I used to be, but I think if you spend any time in Tokyo, you're gonna get you're gonna get into that stuff. Yeah. And um, my wife, uh, who's English, um, I met her in a park playing frisbee in Tokyo. Yeah, let me do, and. Um, yeah, uh, she is a big fan of American football. Okay, I know. Mm. Um, so when the weather's bad, we uh, and we've we've had our fill of Netflix. We we tend to pull out some American football games uh, and uh, have you know have have one of those. Yeah, yeah. It's an epic, epic. Uh, you know, if there's ever been a test for a relationship. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, who's more competitive out of you and your wife? Oh, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm better at the uh, NCAA Uni- University of American Football mm. than she is, but she's better with the uh, Madden. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, so I, I I tend to do better with the more gimmicky games than she does. Yeah, yeah, but, I get that. But she's very competitive. Um, she she hates losing to me. Yep. Probably I'm a, t- I'm a very bad winner. Yeah. In your face. So slamming the controller down, no. just walking out the room. I think the, I think the last great video game we had was um, South Park's Stick of Truth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mental in it. What they got away with on that. Um, favorite film. Oh, God, that is a difficult one. You can pick pick two if you want. I'm going to mention one. If you want me to go first, it's completely fine. Yeah, mate, go on. I love The Labyrinth. I'm a huge David Bowie fan. Um, (laughs) Of all David Bowie's work, I'm I'm surprised, you know. Yeah, yeah. uh, The Labyrinth. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, I just think that that was on repeat as a child. Oh, right. It just got ingrained into me, like Hoggle and Ludo and toby the baby i was going to call my son toby at one point but all right it got vetoed by the powers that be um and yeah i just that's always kind of been my go-to choice really but um mm. on saturday i watched cabin in the woods if you've seen that i know the title that's a very strange film i highly recommend it if you're into horror films and you're into like classic no. sort of cliche <laughs> films no, it, it kind of it kind of makes fun of itself. It focuses on the stereotype of horror films like Scream. There's always right, a hot right. chick, a jock, <laughs> um, someone of exotic origin, um, and there's a stoner in every single group, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And it's a matter of time before each of them get killed off. 
and um, it's a really interesting watch. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a horror film. It's mm. more of a psychological sort of twist film. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like um, <laughs> Signs and uh, Sixth Sense. Yeah, no. Rather than just chaos, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're my my ones. I would, I would have to say, um, I'm going to go old school on you here and say Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. Because um, it's got two of my favorite, uh, two of my favorites in it. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, of course, uh, great director. Uh, but then also the screenplay was written by Terry Southern. Yeah. Um, who is an American writer. Um, he did the film Easy Rider. Um, yeah. And he also wrote a few books. Um, but uh, and he's the, I think he's the only living person on the cover of the um, uh, Sergeant Pepper's album. Okay. Or, no, he's on the cover of the Sergeant Pepper's album. Um, but yeah, he's, he's uh, just, just a great writer from the 1960s. Um, yeah. Kind of got left behind. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, well worth it if you if you uh, if you want to catch up on like you know nineteen he re- he yeah. really wanted to work with Kubrick again but Kubrick only mm. didn't want to work with him but uh, some really great stuff yeah, yeah. yeah just to put that into perspective I've just quickly googled Doctor Strange Love and I was minus twenty five when that came out <laughs> <laughs> when did it come out nineteen sixty four oh right so I was minus uh, nine. Um, it's got a strange genre war slash comedy i've never seen yeah. that before have you have you seen the movie i haven't seen it i will watch it uh yeah terry southern is a great great uh he had a great ear for dialogue yeah. and um uh so there's there's just fantastic bits and also um oh uh what's the name of the english actor peter sellers okay uh, he yeah plays, he plays a number of characters in there and he's just fantastic um yeah so awesome. i think peter sellers is maybe three maybe four characters in that movie yeah uh, and uh but yeah anyway yeah I like, I like that when they can play more than one character that's sort of yeah. michael myers kind of uh playing every single character in um what was i it? think they um, did it to save money <laughs> yeah yeah what was that called the james bond ripoff what was that called austin powers Oh, um, yeah, Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah, just aware that uh, you're a busy man and time and all that. So I am going to ask you, what does the future look like for you, Michael? What have you got planned for 2022? Well, I'm starting a new job uh, in December. Yep. Um, and uh, looking to get more into uh, actual consultancy. Um, yep. external consultancy um so uh yeah that's that's kind of that's uh, it's kind of uncharted territory i've always been an internal consultant yeah um but um the opportunity came up and i thought it, it would be worth trying yeah um and uh, it also gave me greater opportunities to to kind of build on kata and yeah. uh, whatnot uh, later this week, I'm, I'm talking to uh, the woman who is, uh, she is involved with Volkswagen's uh, Agile okay. um, yeah. department. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's interested in seeing how Kata can be used in Agile, yeah. um, which is kind of a new field. So I'll, I'll be yeah. having a, a meeting um, with her and so there's there's some interesting opportunities around that as well I'm yeah really looking forward to, mm. to, to looking looking into i'll have to report back to you on that because i'm interested in the agile sort of waterfall slash scrum methodology but you hear these things at really high level but you never really know what they mean mm. like i don't work in that environment myself mm. so mm. you you hear these little buzzwords that mm. oh you need to get lean you need to get you know, yeah. Kaizen, I hear that all the time at work. And um, what else do I hear all the time? Kanban. <laughs> but some of the people that say it, I'm like, do you even know what that means? Like, do you know what a rag board is? Like, do you actually mm. know what you're saying? Or are you just kind of churning what you hear, you know? 
Yeah. That's funny. You go back. That reminds me of what I mentioned about Mike Rother earlier is that, yeah, it's talking about, you know, going to Toyota again. And these people are going, why are these people coming to Toyota and looking at our answers to our problems? Yeah. Count <laughs> by being one of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We'll have to catch up in a couple of months and uh, see how yeah. you're getting on. Yeah, so great. I love that. That'd be good. Got the last question here, just in the essence right. of time with this new video landscape. Uh, I'm not actually sure when this will suddenly kick us out, but I'm sure we'll figure it out. Um, this is probably the most informal question of a lot. So where better to end than Michael Jacobs? What is your go-to meal deal? My go-to meal deal. So if you went to Tesco's, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, yeah. what would you be buying as a sandwich, crisps, and drink? I wouldn't be. Uh, I always, I usually buy whatever uh, grain is there. So if it's couscous or quinoa <laughs> or yeah. uh, hummus and something. Um, simply okay. because if I have a sandwich and crisps, um, I'll be hungry uh, in an hour. Yeah. So- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's something substantial rather than kidding yourself. Yeah, basically. I, yeah. I like the crisps, don't get me wrong, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's too easy for me to then go eat something else after that. I could see you in your kitchen making like a Scooby sandwich, though, like a Scooby snack, just like definitely... adding like chaos. Yeah, that, 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 is, that is a once a month thing. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to fight your cat. Get away. Uh, the, the, no. I think we get we get uh brisket sauerkraut. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. On, 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 kind of like a grilled. Um yeah, that that that's that's nice, but uh, yeah, yeah. That's okay. yeah, that that'll, that'll kill you if you do it every week. That's it. So <laughs> <laughs> what a weird plug, but people are after some consultancy or some advice from yourself. Can people get hold of you? Can, uh, can you can, we you can check me out my LinkedIn profile? LinkedIn, yeah. nice. Uh, yeah, and is there anything that you wanted to ask me, or is there anything that you want to mention before we end the episode? No, I just want to thank you for your time. No problem. Uh, and uh, keep in touch because I, I know you, you've been interested in developing your link career. And yeah. uh, you know, whenever I see a job and I think of you, uh, <laughs> I'll be trying to push it your way. But, yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, Ben. Thank you. Be sure to check out the sponsors of the podcast as well. We've got Grind Fitness. Uh, we've got Archie Soul Mail Grooming, who I know mm. you'll like some of their stuff. No pressure. <laughs> uh, we've got Ocean Bottle, um, all about getting rid of single-use plastic. Great. And we've also got a new sponsor, which is on my Instagram page, Absolute Better Than Podcast, which is Made Sure Wax Melts. So handmade. It's my girlfriend's company um made in our kitchen (laughs) (laughs) and uh we've got lots of fairs coming up for christmas as you can probably imagine so um Mm -hmm. yeah get involved at www.madesure.bigcartel.com and use my code which is in my instagram post so go and have a look at some point but yeah cheers guys and i will speak to you soon next week we have blue van man on the podcast which is mental he's on 114,000 youtube subscribers i, I don't know how i do it but i do it ah. All right. cheers michael and i'll speak cheers, to you buddy. soon dude take care, take care we'll see you bye bye hey guys got a new archie soul ad read coming at ya so Bedlam 2021 at checkout for 10% off everything on their website, which is www.archysoul.com. So you've probably heard this before, but during the midst of lockdown, I didn't really care what time I woke up, didn't really care what was on my face, didn't really, to be completely honest with you, I didn't even really care if I had a shower. I was not in a good state. And this website has come along and this company has come along and it's changed the game for me. It's allowed me to care about what I do, what I wear, what I look like, what sort of pomade I have on my hair. Just, I can't describe how good their stuff is. So we've got Monsieur Barbier, we've got Duke Cannon, we've got American Crew, we've got Anthony, 
We've got all sorts of products on their website. Check it out, www.archysoul.com. If you use code BEDLAM2021 at checkout, you'll get 10% off everything on their store. The shipping logistics side of things is insane. Um, I put in orders on Tuesday and I get them on Thursday. Company based in Shropshire. Um, yeah, Mark from Archie Soul has hooked me up. So I want to pay it forward and I want everyone to check it out. And you will thank me later because this stuff is awesome. And hopefully we've got some new deals coming up soon. But in the meantime, Archie Soul, www.archiesoul.com. Check them out. Tell Mark I sent you Bedlam2021 discount code at checkout. Cheers, guys. Back to it. Hello. Just realised that Archie Soul advert is a bit wrong. 15% off with the code BEDLAM2021. 15% off, not 10%. Ben, you're an idiot and you need to stop rushing your ad reads. Cheers. Hey guys, got a new ad read for you. We've got Made Sure Wax Melts. So if you use the code BEDLAM20 at checkout, you will get 20% off. BEDLAM20 for 20% off. So the website for Made Sure is madesure.bigcartel.com. So wax melts to suit every mood, every emotion, every feeling. Currently gearing up for Halloween. So uh, yeah. Handmade wax melts. Get involved. Um, haven't had a bad bit of feedback yet. So there we go. Shout out to Hannah for uh, making the best wax melts in Dorset. Bar none. So made sure. It's Bedlam 20 for 20% off your entire order at checkout. Cheers. <laughs>